This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Good news tonight for search crews looking for two women who've been missing since Wednesday. The women, 69 and 71 years old, were last seen on the north end of Quadra Island walking a dog. And while their dog was found, there had been no sign of the pair until this afternoon. Catherine Urquhart has more on where they were spotted and what happened. On Quadra Island, there is relief and celebration. Two women, aged 69 and 70, are rescued after going missing Wednesday night while on a hike. These two ladies uh, left their home at about 3.15 on Wednesday afternoon to go out for about an hour uh, before dinner and failed to return. Search and rescue volunteers started looking for them Thursday morning, crews arriving from across the island and the mainland. Their Ford Explorer is discovered, narrowing the search. By Friday morning, more than 90 volunteers are on the ground. And finally, there is good news. The two women, Roberta and Karen, are found. We've got a fire going, we're warming them, we're getting them some food and water, and we're awaiting a, a helicopter, and we're going to conduct a long line rescue to take them out of the drainage and deliver them to BC Ambulance for assessment. I'm really glad that they were found. It's great. It's quite amazing that this can all happen and, and the support that the community of Vancouver Island has. And it was a very cold and wet two nights out for the women, but they are unharmed, and everyone on Quadra Island is celebrating this successful rescue. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. The Department of Fisheries and Oceans is trying to figure out what killed two whales found in separate locations today. Officials en route to collect the carcass of an orca calf near Nootka Island when they received a second call about a humpback that washed ashore in Tawasson. Linda Aylesworth has more on what we're learning about the discoveries. In the early morning hours in the shallow waters off the Tuasin Ferry Terminal, there was a curious sight that took local residents by surprise. I saw this big grey lump and most of us that were looking thought it was a log or a giant sea lion. But it was neither. It was a dead whale floating on its back, its enormous pectoral fin draped across its chest. It looks like a younger humpback, but we're going to have a look at it and yeah, a closer look. But obviously we're really concerned and, and want to make sure that uh, why it died. It's the second dead whale reported in the last few days. The other, an entirely different species off the west coast of Vancouver Island. It's been a crazy few days. We've had, unfortunately, a killer whale calf uh, wash up uh, deceased on Nootka Island. The infant orca discovered by a hiker on a remote shoreline. The Department of Fisheries and Oceans flew a chopper in to retrieve the body as local First Nations held a ceremony. It was just to send off this baby killer whale 
to the spirit world. The reason why for that is because um, Kakawin, killer whale in their language, they're really sacred animals. Yet to be determined how the killer whale died and if it was an endangered southern resident or a transient orca. Its body in the back of a DFO truck en route to the provincial veterinary lab for a necropsy took a detour off the ferry to the nearby site of the dead humpback whale, where the marine mammal coordinator assessed the situation. We're going to have to move the animal from this area, which isn't suitable for doing a necropsy. We're going to bring the hovercraft in. We're going to tow the animal by the, the tailstock. Its destination, the Coast Guard base on Sea Island, where a veterinary pathologist will spend the evening trying to determine the cause of death. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. More tonight on the BC cops who've been detained in Cuba for months over allegations of sexual assaults, now acquitted and waiting to come home. Jill Bennett has more on when that might be and what happens next. Friends and family of the two Metro Vancouver police officers being held in Cuba have taken to social media saying they're overjoyed by the acquittal. However, there are new questions today about when the two officers might be back on Canadian soil. Vancouver police officer Mark Sims and Port Moody police officer Jordan Long have already been held in Cuba for eight months on allegations of sexual assault. However, a panel, a jury of five females have acquitted the two. A local immigration lawyer, though, says there's now an appeal time, and that could mean the two spend even longer in Cuba. In 10 days, under the criminal law system of Cuba, their officials decide yes or no, appeal or not. If yes, the Canadian officers are stranded for an unknown period to come. If there is no appeal, well, onto the airplane. When the two officers are back in Canada, it's likely they will be the subject of an investigation by the B.C. Office of the Police Complaints Commissioner. There is an investigation underway. However, it's been put on hold until the outcome in Cuba is known. Back to you. Jill Bennett reporting. Under the weight of a delivery backlog due to rotating strike action, Canada Post is asking its international partners to halt mail and parcel shipments for the time being. Britain's Royal Mail issuing a statement indicating it will suspend shipments until further notice from Canada Post. Hong Kong Post and China Post also issuing similar statements. A rotating strike action began October 22nd. The Crown Corporation tabled a new contract offer this week, but the union said it was not enough to put an end to the walkouts. Meantime, the federal government suggesting today it will act quickly if the impasse continues beyond a Saturday midnight deadline. No word yet on how the government will end job action, but last week Prime Minister Justin Trudeau did say all options were on the table, and that could include legislating. U.S. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, a time when we usually see our first influx of visitors taking advantage of the kickoff of the ski season. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, so far the mountains are looking decidedly green, which has some wondering about the season ahead. You have to look closely, but there is snow on the North Shore. A dusting won't help anyone. The runs at all the local mountains bare, and operators a little anxious with eyes on the forecast. Some of our runs that have been summer groomed out that are, you know, kind of look like golf courses uh, don't need that much snow to open. Usually when it starts snowing, you can get open within 48 hours. Lack of snow doesn't mean no work. Skis are getting unboxed and waxed. And while the North Shore is a ways away from opening, Whistler will be open next Thursday. 
nowhere close to the conditions this time last year, but people in the village still looking forward to opening day. There's a uh, buzz in the air. There's new snow that's come in the last few days. Uh, we're expecting more uh, after the weekend's over here, and we're only six days away from the grand opening. The wet coast is struggling right now, but the interior has already seen heavy snowfall. The long-term forecast? Challenging. An El Nino year does not mean we aren't going to see any snow. It just means that we're going to see a milder and drier than normal season. Three good years in a row across B.C. has meant a round of investment in infrastructure. In B.C. alone, it's well over $100 million this year in terms of new lifts. So it's been a huge year for investment, and that's in part because of the, the growth that you've seen, the strong seasons, and high investor confidence. Ski visits and winter tourism contribute over $2 billion a year to the B.C. economy. It creates almost 20,000 jobs, but all of it relies on snow, something, at least locally, which is hard to come by. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. The federal and provincial governments kicking in almost $225 million for a major infrastructure project in Sycamus. The money will build a new bridge to replace the Broon Bridge along Highway 1, which has reached the end of its lifespan. There are two options on the table, a five-lane bridge or a four-lane bridge along the highway and a two-lane bridge at the end of Main Street. The province expects to make that decision next month and says construction will begin in 2020. Well, finding a place to fill up is becoming tough as the number of gas stations disappear. And to uh, enter a new business aimed at making things more convenient for consumers. Can't get to a station? No problem. Filled has teamed up, teamed up with Parkland Fuel Corporation, which owns Chevron, to bring the gas to you. It's more and more costly for a gas station to be run. So what we've offered is we've created a system where we can deliver straight to your vehicle the gas that you need to go about your day or to go about whatever family activities you have. Now, the convenience will cost you a little more. The company says it charges the average price of gas based on the stations around you, as well as a $5 service fee. Field expects to expand the mobile service to more Canadian cities next year. Right now, though, a news hour follow-up to our story detailing how police used mass DNA testing to lead them to the suspect in the murder of Marissa Shen. As Sarah McDonald reports, it's a high-tech tool that gets results, but also raises some legal and ethical questions. You've likely heard of genealogy testing and its implications for criminal investigations through this cold case of the so-called Golden State Killer, cracked through the help of DNA testing. What? Murder and why my name, that area? Now, apparently, similar technology has been used by investigators right here in B.C. A DNA dragnet cast on potentially hundreds of men of Middle Eastern descent like Zanyar Farhadi to nab the alleged killer of Marissa Shen. They did push a lot. They gave me a feeling that if I don't do it, this means I'm hiding something. They can't force you to voluntarily provide a sample of your DNA. They can ask you targeting a specific demographic for DNA. People, whether they're educated, whether they're from this country originally, or they've moved to this country as an immigrant, whether English is their first language, or whether they've got legal training, they have the right to refuse to do it or to just simply not get involved. 
But once collected, forensics experts say all that data was likely crunched by a third-party company. They would take a sample from their crime scene and then submit that to one of these other companies to perform that other analysis. Meaning the personal data of Farhadi and others like him could still be in some database somewhere, despite promises by police it would be destroyed. What does it mean if I have my DNA in the system? A question many are now asking, including the experts. I think the real question is sort of the ethics of whether or not it's appropriate to do this. And that's a harder question to answer. As this cutting-edge technique that successfully caught an alleged killer comes under the microscope itself. Sarah McDonald, Global News. There's been an alarming increase in storms and extreme weather events across the province in recent years. According to a new report from BC Hydro, incidents have nearly quadrupled over the past five years. Jennifer Palma has more on the impact on consumers and the primary cause for outages. Severe storms and extreme weather are hitting British Columbia more often and it's causing power problems. A new report by BC Hydro shows wildfires, wind and ice storms have pummeled BC over the past five years, sending crews into dicey conditions and leaving customers in the dark. This has resulted in an increase of power outages from about 300,000 customers in 2013 to about to well over 1 million in 2017. The report points to climate change and how it's caused storms leading to increased damage in electrical systems and power outages primarily caused by falling branches. BC has three times more trees per kilometer of transmission line than anywhere else in North America. We do have a comprehensive vegetation management program and what that entails is our crews identifying at-risk trees. We have a team of in-house meteorologists that track these weather systems on a daily basis and we do receive uh, daily summaries about a short-term forecast or long-term forecast that we're uh, well equipped with. But what about for you at home? The report shows half of British Columbians don't think they're ready if a storm knocks out power for a significant amount of time. Take the 2015 windstorm. When 700,000 customers were in the dark over a three-day period, you're encouraged to consider a survival kit. So the number one thing you should have ready around the house if there is a power outage is going to be a, f- a survival kit, which will include food and water rations and a form of heat and uh, keep everybody safe for at least 72 hours. Hydro says it's also preparing by acquiring better tools and technology to keep your lights on even when a storm blows in. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Well, an important black tie affair is getting underway in downtown Vancouver at this very hour. It is the BC Children's Hospital Crystal Ball. And our very own Chris Galis, he broke out the tux tonight. At least I think he broke out. There he is. Handsome man, all dressed up to MC the event. Uh, the need, Chris, the needs are, are varied and there are so many of them. But tonight you guys are hoping to raise millions to help young people in this province with mental illness. Absolutely. It's an affliction that goes undiagnosed, Sophie, for so many young people. Tonight is a very big night. It's a major fundraiser for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. And to talk a little bit more about it is Terry Nicholas, President and CEO. It's so nice to have you with us. And and this is really an important fundraiser for you. Talk a little bit about where the money goes that we'll raise tonight. So tonight we're here at the 32nd annual Crystal Ball. And tonight we're fundraising for a really important issue, and that's children's mental health. There are about 84,000 children across this province who are coping with a mental health issue, and we know that about 70% of them are not getting the help that they need. 
So we're really excited about the community coming together to support the child's mind as well as the body. And this uh, typically sells out. How'd you do this year? It's well attended, isn't it? Crystal Ball always sells out. It's an incredible event, and the generosity of the community is always fantastic. Well, we're so pleased to be a part of it. Thanks very much, Terry. Good luck tonight. And uh, if uh, it's on your radar to give, keep BC Children's Hospital Foundation in mind. You can do a lot of good with the money, and mental health really is so important. It can lead to incredible problems later in life. So we we'll want to raise awareness, and tonight we'll raise a lot of money for programs that help kids as well. Sophie, I feel like I'm in an episode of a James Bond film or something, but I'll send it back to you now. It should be a fun night. Well, you look great tonight, Chris, and uh, have, a, have a great time, and more importantly, raise a lot of money for BC Children's Hospital. Dash cams across central Texas capture a fireball lighting up the sky. It was seen from Austin to Houston. The American Meteor Society says it received about 100 reports. This is part of the annual Leonid meteor shower, which experts say will peak on Sunday. Some breaking news now in another explosive development in the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. The Washington Post is reporting that the CIA has determined the assassination of Khashoggi inside the Saudi embassy in Turkey was ordered by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The Saudis have claimed that the Washington Post columnist died in an altercation. And yesterday, the Saudi public prosecutor said he was seeking the death penalty for some of the suspects charged in the murder. Well, the Facebook post by a B.C. conservative riding is being denounced by MPs from all sides, including conservatives. The post on the Okanagan Conservatives Facebook page showed a picture of Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan with the caption, This is what happens when you have a cabinet based on affirmative action. That post has been deleted, and the MP for the riding, who says the post wasn't authorized, has apologized. I was surprised and uh, equally disappointed. Um, uh, these type of this type of language has no place in in, in Canada. Um, I was heartened also at the same time to to see that uh, conservative MPs have uh, stepped forward, apologized, and uh, denounced uh, this type of uh, type of wording and discussion. Well, some video out of Calgary making the rounds on social media has a lot of people shaking their heads, especially rail safety experts. The video shows pedestrians climbing onto and then over a CP rail train that had temporarily come to a stop blocking the road. Needless to say, it's a tragedy waiting to happen should the train suddenly start up. Well, the final installment tonight of our exclusive behind-the-scenes look at the massive Site C Dam project in northeastern B.C., takes us home. We've shown you how the job site never shuts down with two 12-hour shifts a day. As Jordan Armstrong reports, that means the workers' living accommodations are also a 24-hour-a-day operation. Everything at Site C is big. Big equipment, big responsibility, big appetites. Medium rare. Medium rare? Yeah. The kitchen never stops. It's 9,000 square feet. They feed 1,300 people morning, noon, and night. What's the most popular thing on the menu? Steak night. And cut New York strip points. Three truckloads of food arrive every week. If you come hungry, you will leave happy. 
As long as you come up one at a time, you can absolutely have six eggs. <laughs> is there someone who does that? There is, absolutely. <laughs> so, there's a lot of big guys here that like to eat. And they always save room for something like sweet. Pastries. They sure do. On average, each person will take three to four pastries. Three to four a day? A day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the main hallway is half a kilometer long. You'll find Starbucks, a theater, a separate basketball court, gym and weight room, and a generously stocked lounge. It is more, more like a cruise ship style, uh, all-inclusive type place. Welcome to Fort St. Cold. Yes, the winters are cold and dark here in Fort St. John, but workers can still catch some rays in the on-site tanning salon. That perk is user pay. They'll make your bed for free, and everyone gets their own washroom. It's not your grandpa's work camp. I've seen it right from where you would have bunk beds in a room, four guys, uh, to now having these facilities where you have, uh, you know, uh, licensed estheticians and salon people to, to do your hair. <laughs> The money is good. Heavy equipment operators start at $35 an hour. Nearly 500 of the workers are women. For me, I like, I'm happy. Like, I get my music going and I'm just driving around, driving through the mud. I love it. That love won't last forever here. When the dam is done in 2024, the work camp will disappear. Jordan Armstrong, Global News, near Fort St. John. In Health Matters tonight, the NDP government has announced that B.C. will be the first province in Western Canada to provide lower transgender surgeries in the province. The surgeries are currently funded by MSP, but today's announcement means transgender people will no longer have to travel to Montreal or the U.S. for lower procedures. Trans people will also have improved access to publicly funded chest and breast surgeries in B.C. The health minister says about 300 people have been traveling out of B.C. for transgender surgery every year. This makes care better. This makes outcomes better. And it also, because we can do it uh, more efficiently in the healthcare system, um, also, uh, also is a good long-term investment for the healthcare system. A timely reminder as our furnaces kick in for the winter about the dangers of carbon monoxide. Burnaby firefighters went door to door today to educate homeowners about having carbon monoxide detectors and installing them in the right spot. They say carbon monoxide is a silent killer. Many of the 50 people who die in Canada every year from carbon monoxide poisoning didn't know their home was filled with the gas until it was too late. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. While parts of B.C. basked in sunshine today, the Maritimes were hit by a pre-winter storm. Up to 25 centimeters of snow fell in some parts, causing the expected chaos on the roads. Newfoundland and Labrador are next on the storm's path. In the U.S., the same nor'easter brought traffic to a standstill in New York. Downed trees and power lines blocking other roads. Stranded commuters saying the city wasn't prepared for the early storm. And it was a lovely day out here, at least on the south coast. Meteorologist Christy Gordon, uh, what a change from yesterday. And uh, you're out at St. Yep. Paul's in a nice evening. 
That's right. So glad that it is a nice evening, Sophie. We are just seconds away from lighting up St. Paul's Hospital. It's the kickoff to the holiday season, always is every year. I love this event, and this is actually in its 21st year, the Lights of Hope. Uh, it really is special because it kicks off that holiday spirit, but it's special also because it's a fundraiser for the patients and the doctors inside uh, St. Paul's Hospital. It means so much to them, so we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a second. First, though, a glorious day. We actually warmed up to 14 degrees in parts of the lower mainland today. It's not going to be that warm this weekend, but it is going to be beautiful. Tons of sunshine, sunny but cool. Great shot from Lana in West Vancouver from today. You can expect, though, also morning fog, everyone. Another great shot. Thanks to Kevin for that one. Underneath that fog, though, in the morning, yes, it's cool, and we could see a little bit of frost. So watch for that if you're up early in the morning. We certainly could be uh, seeing uh, icy conditions. Northern sections, though, a little bit of a difference. You are expecting some snow in through the BC Peace River area and then areas just east of Prince George. But there's your forecast. Not bad. Just a few flurries, a risk of freezing rain though in that BC Peace River area and we'll see mainly sunny skies all across the south uh, freezing temperatures through the overnight period and temperatures near seasonal a spectacular weekend ahead and then the change doesn't occur until later uh, Tuesday I'd like to introduce you to Dick Follette he's the president and CEO of the St. Paul's Hospital Foundation Catherine Young she's a board chair Dick you know we're gonna be lighting the lights 200 stars what do each one of those stars mean well, Christy, every one of those stars is a personal story for either a family, a corporation, or someone's emotional attachment to St. Paul's where we have actually saved lives. That's what they mean. So it is very special, and that's why we're excited to see those stars. But the money, the money raised from those stars, what did it mean to the patients and the doctors inside the hospital? Well, actually, the money's been transformative. For 21 years, we've been having the Lights of Hope event. It has raised $34 million, and that money goes to patient care and comfort, mm -hmm. to research, to innovation. And, and just to give you an example, it could be clothing for those who arrive at the hospital with nothing on. It could be a sleeper bed for somebody who wants to be with a loved one, all the way to kidney and heart transplants. And so it goes to show you that every donation makes a huge difference in really every sense of that word. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, Dick, also, you know, this event here is pretty special for downtown. It kicks off the holiday spirit. Uh, but, you know, hundreds of people come down and it's really evolved over the years. Yeah, it has. We've uh, incorporated food trucks. Uh, Starbucks is a great supporter on the night of. Santa and Mrs. Claus are down the street. So we have uh, lots of things for kids, lots of things for families. It's a great event. Food trucks as well as choirs. We just had a child uh, uh, children's choir, which was fantastic. We've got the men's uh, choir from uh, downtown here that is also ter terrific. So we're really looking forward to, to the evening. We urge anyone at home to come down. Now, the lights will be on right through until January 7th. 7th exactly. Come down, enjoy the festivities tonight, and the lights right until the new year. Yeah. yeah. And it's always so nice just to drive down uh, Burrard Street and see those lights. All right. I think we're, we're ready for the countdown, are we not? So we need everyone's help. We're going to start at five. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one.
kilometers of lights lit up in a second there. That's a distance of the seawall. Uh, a lot of work went into this and uh, we urge people at home, if you want to contribute, go to lightsofhope.com and you'll be able to help the patients and the doctors inside the hospital give care that they need to. All right, what a great night down here, so. They do such great work there. Thank you very much, Christy, lightsofhope.com. A big day for BC-born superstar Michael Bublé. Ladies and gentlemen, we proudly welcome to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Michael Bublé. Or Bublé. The singer getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in front of a big cheering section, including fans, of course, his parents and family, longtime producer David Foster and longtime friend Priscilla Presley. Bublé saying a special thanks to his wife, Luisana Lopilato. There's nothing I can really say that, um, that can express uh, how I feel about her and what we've been through. She is uh, my hero and my rock. Today's ceremony coinciding with the release of his new album. Bublé took two years off in 2016 when his son Noah was diagnosed with cancer. Noah, by the way, is now cancer free. Oh, sorry. It's time for us now. I know that. Well, it's more time for you. Okay, you, you take a rest. I think, I think I need You one. need a rest. You're yeah. a little shaky. I think you should like a little, get a little piece of chocolate or something. That'll get you going. Um, the Canucks are back home, but having to uh, play tomorrow against Montreal at 4 o'clock may make them feel like they're still on a road trip. That's not a lot of turnaround time. Uh, Vancouver has lost four in a row, but they are still second in the Pacific behind San Jose. People have been asking, are they coming back to Earth? Yes. The injuries are now starting to take their toll. Remember, they're playing without two top six forwards in Besser and Barachi. No defensive centers like Sutter and Beagle and Alex Edler's out. And we saw last night what happens when Anders Nielsen can't give Markstrom a breather. Center, now all I just got to show this again. Richard Bachman, turnover drive. See what I did there? I know, it's pretty obvious. It's like... It's like there was some Jedi mind trick played on Richard Bachman. He just decided he's now a Minnesota Wild, and he passed it out in front. Anyway, rough night for him, rough night for the Canucks. But the numbers... Now, Vancouver has played better than its stats. Their goals per game, not bad, but a lot of teams are over three so far this year. Allowed per game, they're 29th in the league. Save percentage, that's all their goalies combined, 29th. Average shots, I mean, that doesn't mean as much, but... That save percentage and goals allowed, those are really bad. And yet the Canucks are still, at the moment, just over 500 at 10, 9, and 2. All right. Uh, overcoming the logistics of the upcoming Vancouver Basketball Showcase is equally as impressive as the list of men's and women's teams that'll be here this weekend and all of next week. It's basically this Sunday to next Saturday, to be more specific. Um, the men's teams, Washington, Minnesota, Texas A&M, and Santa Clara, which is where Steve Nash went. The women's teams in this tournament will include number one ranked Notre Dame. Gonzaga will be there. And they'll be playing under the sails, if you like, at the convention center at Canada Place. 
It's been four years in the making, but the final pieces are nearly in place for the inaugural Vancouver Showcase. Starting Sunday, some of the best NCAA men's and women's basketball teams will be going head-to-head at a unique temporary arena in the Vancouver Convention Center. It's the brainchild of Howard Kelsey and David Monroe, two locals with deep basketball roots who felt this city and this venue were a perfect setting for this top-caliber basketball. We had to sell them the greatness of Canada and specifically Vancouver. And then this building, you're talking about one of the three most iconic convention centers in the world. You're talking about one of the top three cities in terms of beauty in the world. And Canada, close country, not as politically dangerous or otherwise. So knock on wood, we kind of check all the box that they're looking for. The convention center did hold Davis Cup tennis way back in the 90s, and that's where Kelsey got the idea to hold this event. It's such a unique venue to showcase Vancouver, and they couldn't be happier how it's turned out. We have the right size, 3100, there's great sight lines. You're right located on all SkyTrain routes, C-Bus routes. Everybody knows where it is, and the downtown business court can literally get out and walk from their office. It's taken years to coordinate the teams and the building and the sponsors, but it's all come together. Many of the games will be broadcast on ESPN. All of those visiting fans will pump money into the economy. And Mother Nature has cooperated as well, showing off Vancouver at its stunning best. Literally, you can go outside right now and take a picture postcard. The men's games go Sunday through Wednesday, and then the eight-team women's tournament, which includes number one Notre Dame, begins next Thursday and concludes on Saturday. Barry DeLay, Global Sports. All right, let's continue with basketball. Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors against the Celtics. This should be good. Two of the best in the East. Second half. Kawhi squeezing between Celtics. Toronto up by five at that point. I don't think Raptors, Pascal Siakam, spinning, laying it up. Toronto was up by four after three, but they couldn't hold the lead. Kyrie Irving and the Celtics would force this game into overtime and in OT right now. Boston is leading 121-114. Oh, Western Hockey League action. Calgary is ahead of Kootenai Red Deer, which is ninth in Canada right now in the rankings, up on Kelowna. Vancouver, which is six in the rankings, played a night wearing their white spot uniforms against yeah. Regina. Yes, the white spot. There you go. Now I feel like white spot. I'm hungry, so there's Well, that. you need something to eat. Okay, don't go away. Oh, well, I wasn't planning to. You have another job to do. That's true, I do. Squire is coming back after a break with satellite debris. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia. It's beginning to look a lot like the weekend and Christmas, especially at the West Coast Christmas Show. Known as the biggest Christmas show in the Lower Mainland, you're guaranteed to find one-of-a-kind gifts for all. The Crofton House Winter Bazaar in Vancouver is also becoming quite the tradition. All sorts of fun treats will be had on site, family fun activities, including bouncy castles, not to mention a maker's market full of goodies for your Christmas shopping. And now for our nature enthusiasts. It's the return of the eagles to the Harrison River, and you too can go to learn all about them, take guided walks, and spot them for yourself at the annual Fraser Valley Bald Eagle Festival. From birds of prey to spawning salmon, the 19th annual Hyde Creek Salmon Festival has everything from face painting to food trucks and informative displays while you revel in the phenomenon in its natural setting. 
Fans of Johnny Cash, this is a must for you. First Impressions Theatre presents Ring of Fire, the ultimate celebration of Cash, his music, and his story. It's on until December 1st at the Deep Cove Shaw Theatre. For more, go to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. So there's been a lot of talk about this advert mm-hmm. on the internet. I know, it makes me misty. He does it? Yeah. Okay. So before we do it, it's uh, every year uh, John Lewis, which are stores in the UK, mm-hmm. have, uh, there's a lot of Christmas commercials in the UK. That's a big thing. We've talked about that for a few weeks. Theirs is always one of the most anticipated. This one is Elton John singing Your Song, which was released in 1970. little trivia from the John Lewis Christmas commercials here. They used this song in one of their commercials eight years ago. Oh, really? But it was sung by... Ooh, now it escapes me, but it'll come back to me. Anyway, here we go, the Elton John commercial. One's for you Ellie Goulding, that's who sang it. Are you misty or you just well, you still need something to eat? Both of those okay. things. <laughs> Ellie Goulding sang it. Okay, so uh, Elton John, apparently there's a guy whose name is John Lewis. Right. And he always gets tweeted at when John Lewis commercials come out. Mm-hmm. And so Elton John got in on the joke and tweeted the real John Lewis. Oh, that's good. 
just to say. Nice. Hey, happy Christmas. But you would think there'd be more than one John Lewis in this world. I think there probably are. Okay. Uh, now, we lost uh, Stan Lee, the Marvel of Marvel Comics, this week. So I brought on an ad that he did a couple of years ago, making fun of all his cameo acting appearances. Stan Lee, the legend, the icon, the master of cameo acting. I am so fired. With the imminent release of Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron, it's time for Stan to pass his knowledge on to the next generation. I didn't get to be the world's greatest cameo actor overnight. It took years of hard work. Think about it, man. Pageant judge, a museum guard, man drinking from bottle. Is there any role that this guy can't play? This is cameo acting. And this is regular acting. Which one's cameo? Do you see the difference? My favorite stand cameo? It would have to be man on bench. No, no, that's not cameo acting. That's acting, acting. See that guy up there? That's real cameo technique. Is this the anger management class? Oh, no, son, it isn't. Tell you something, man, when it comes to small roles, Stan Lee is the biggest. Is he drinking coffee or is he cameo drinking coffee? I can't tell. Kevin, paperboy, go! Tara, dog walker, go! Michael, bystander, go! I've studied a lot of acting methods. I studied the Stanislavski method, the method method, but I never studied anything like the Stan Lee method. Where to, Mr. Lee? Hey, now that's a cameo. I, thought, I know. It's like a little movie. And I saw the Audi thing, and I thought yeah, that's yeah, that's what they're yeah. Commercial. That's what they're selling. It was like the Audi was making a cameo. In Actually, you're right. That's a very good point. <laughs> the Audi was sort of a cameo. Audi. And on that note, that is all the time we have. We didn't have a cameo. This was pretty much a full performance. <laughs> Hope you had a great week, and enjoy your weekend. Lights of Hope in St. Paul's. We'll leave you with that tonight.